This episode brought to you by Audible, and today you can receive a free audiobook and 30-day free trial by visiting audibletrial.com slash sports. Listen to your audiobook anywhere, anytime. Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome, Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted, built, and inspired by the role of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. This is episode 79. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever platform that might be. And thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. We all want the ability to make our own decisions in life, but having that ability comes with the responsibility of having to accept the consequences no matter what and being accountable. Our guest this episode, C.J. Spiller, has never shied away from that accountability. As a five-star football recruit and parade All-American in high school growing up in Florida, he would surprise many when he would sign with Clemson University in 2006. He would surprise many once again when he returned to Clemson for his senior season, even though he was projected as a first-round NFL draft pick. And during his senior season, C.J. was selected All-ACC First Team. He was voted the ACC Player of the Year, and he also earned unanimous First Team All-American and became the nation's only player that season to account for touchdowns five different ways, rushing, passing, receiving, and kick return and punt return. In the 2010 NFL Draft, he was selected ninth overall by the Buffalo Bills, and that same year, Clemson would honor C.J. by retiring number 28. Here's Episode 79 with C.J. Spiller. C.J., thank you so much for taking the time, man. I greatly appreciate it. It looks like you just got done working out. Yeah, uh, today was a cardio day for me today. So uh, yesterday was weight, so today I wanted to make it a cardio uh, day. So it was a little bit of the step master and then a little bit of a couple of uh, wind sprints. So big day for me. But, yeah, you're uh, staying active, right? Got to stay active. Uh, you always got, got to be ready. I'm not officially retired yet, so just uh, just waiting to see what happens. But even once I'm even done with ball, I know I'm just the type of person that I'm going to have to work out because when I don't work out, if I don't do nothing all day, I just feel like I done missed something throughout the day. So I'm just one of them, I ain't going to say weight room junkies, but I just love working out. I just release so much uh, stress and it's just, it's just good for the body. Uh, I think one person always told me, you only got one heart, so you might as well take care of it. And use it wisely, yeah, right? Exactly. How difficult is it then right now? It seems like with the NFL, you don't have as much ability to say, I'm retired. Right, right. It seems like the NFL has a way of almost saying, See, hey, you're, you're retired. retired. So exactly. How, how difficult is that? Uh, I mean, it's very difficult, uh, especially for the running backs uh, position, because we know once you hit a certain age, they consider that old. Uh, even if you don't have any, you know, I, I don't even think I have over maybe 2,000 carries on my body. So I'm pretty much, I still have a lot of thread on my tires. Uh, but considering my age, they consider that the, the, the old uh as a as an old guy, um, but I mean it's stuff that you can't control. So I don't sit around and stress about it. Obviously, I love to be playing on somebody's team and trying to help them win the championship. But at the end of the day, uh, I know that you know my faith, and uh, I know that the Lord He's working behind the scenes, and whatever He has for me is for me. So 
that's kind of how I go about it. Uh, at first, you know, going through this uh, transition or whatever position that I am, it was kind of difficult because I've never been in. I always have been on the team, uh, no matter, you know, if it was going back and forth with Kansas City last year. But I've always been in a training camp since 2010. And so this year, not being in one, it was it was difficult. But, you know, uh, I was able to adjust to it. I had a great uh, support cast around me. And uh, they just kept me encouraged. And you mentioned faith. How long has faith been imported in your life? Oh, well, I mean, it's something that I learned at a very young age from my, from my grandparents. Uh, my grandmother uh, always, uh, as you always hear people say, we had to, I had a drug and she drugged me to church. <laughs> uh, you know, it was always Wednesday, Sunday. Uh, but it was something that, you know, that she knew was going to be very important. Something that's going to take you farther in life than anything else that, that you can always, that you'll ever be able to do. Um, so uh, once I gave my life over to Christ, I mean, it, it's never been the same uh, you know, not saying that I'm perfect because I still have my struggles, but it's, uh, it's knowing something that I can cling on to when things get difficult, knowing that, you know, that, he is, that he'll never leave me or forsake me, that he's always had me, that, you know, his plans are for the good for my life. Uh, so it's something that if you don't have that, then you don't have nothing to have hope in. Exactly. And, there's no you know, foundation. There's no foundation. And, you know, it's, it's really hard. I don't see how people can really go about through life without that foundation because you're going to face adversity. That's, life is not easy. Uh, you're going to have... You're going to have uh, mountains, you're going to have valleys. And during those valley times is really when God is really shaping to, shaping you into who he wants you to be. And you really find out a lot about yourself, uh, a lot about, you know, who's for you and who's not. Uh, so it's, it's, been, it's been a great journey so far. I'm still learning. This I, thing. Oh, yeah. I agree. You know, I didn't <laughs> yeah. come into my faith until I was 37 years yeah. old. And I'm 47 now. Mm-hmm. But the past 10 years, even though I've had ups and downs, I wouldn't be able to get through some of these downs without that faith. You know, I had a brother that was killed. Right. And, you know, those type of things, I don't know how I would have reacted without the faith. Right. And, you know, and, and a lot of times that people struggle with is that um, they always wonder why, why things happen. And, you know, I have a, a great uncle, pretty much like a father figure down in Atlanta. He's a, he's a pastor down there. I've known him since 2000, uh, man, 2006. And, you know, uh, he always tell me, you know, don't, don't never question God why, because he's always working behind the scenes. You know, he and, and Coach Wing does the same thing. You know, he he's not a God that sits up there and says, oops. And if you can understand that, even though it might be hard when you're going through a certain situation, you know that he's uh, that he's got everything under control because your story might be something that you can help somebody with later in life. And that's kind of what I would learned throughout this whole journey is that, you know, going through certain things that I'm able to help somebody that might be going through a similar situation. Of course. Well, and you have helped a lot of people, and you might not really understand the impact that you have. I mean, we're sitting in the football complex here at Clemson, and in all reality, you helped build this thing. Mm -hmm. You really did. When you signed to play at Clemson, took that leap of faith, so to speak, because that was really not a situation that most people thought Clemson was going to be able to sign C.J. Spiller coming out of high no, school. Right? Nobody thought that would come. That was out of left field right there. That was. So walk us through. I know you've kind of told the story before, mm-hmm. but just walk us through how that came about. I mean, it's quite funny because I had to went on, uh, I think, four, yeah, I had to went on four official visits. I had to been, well, first, I grew up a Florida State fan. You know, I'm a huge Ward Dunn fan. That's why I wear 28. That's who your mentor was. That, that's, that's who you my wanted mentor. to be like. That's who I wanted to be like. That's you know, that's who I strive to be like every day. Uh, and so, you know, naturally just being a Florida State fan became easy for me. You know, my grandmother was a Florida fan, but so that household was very divided. <laughs> you know, she was a very avid Florida Gator fan like that. Fred Taylor was her, was her guy, you know. But, you know, I told her, hey, you got 28, 
my guy got 28, so it worked out together. It works out great. But, um, you know, uh, go back to your question is I had four, I had one on four visits, um, and I had one visit left. And my high school coach, uh, my freshman year, uh, Andrew Zhao, that played at Alabama, uh, was, uh, in Alabama at the time, and, uh, he was coaching high school, and he was trying to tell the coaches to recruit me. So I realized, like, hey, man, I got one visit left, uh, and, you know, um, I'm, I'm gonna see what Alabama says. So he was trying to get them, and then my high school teammate, Kevin Alexander, already had to commit to Clemson. So I kind of knew about it. I had to see Coach Winnie around a little bit, but I didn't know much about him. So one day I just sat down with him and um, was talking to him and kind of like, kind of got a good feel for him. Kind of said, all right, this guy, he's the real deal. You know, there's nothing, you know, he's not blowing no smoke or anything. Okay. Um, so I just told my coach, I said, hey, I got one visit left. It's going to come down to either Alabama or Clemson. And it's funny that they plan each other <laughs> championships now. But, um, but you know, they just, they never really showed any love. And Coach, he was very uh, consistent, you know, calling, texting, just checking on me. Uh, not just necessarily the football thing, just my how I was doing in life, uh, my grades, how my family was doing. And, you know, I was like, you know what, uh, I'm going to go visit Clemson. And I'll never forget it. You know, he came down and uh, he was... Uh, I was in uh, one of my classes, and uh, they was like, hey, the coach want to see you. So, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, cool to be able to get pulled out of class. But I, I was like, hey, I want to get out of this class. So, hey, yeah, well, yeah. It's a good excuse, yeah. right? Um, and, you know, we was going into our weight training uh, class the next period anyway. So it was me, Coach Sweeney, uh, a guy named Mathis Jackson, one of my teammates in high school. And uh, he was like, hey, I was like, hey, I'm going to come visit. And he thought I was just joking. <laughs> So he, he he literally has like this, you know, he always tell people he got this little uh, piece of little index card that he had wrote down that, you know, I come visit and he had, I had to sign it. Uh, Mathis Jackson, my teammate and coach signed it. And I, I think he still has it now to, on his desk. And uh, Yes, he does. Yeah, so I, I came up here on my visit and uh, fell in love with the place. And, you know, it was really, I tell people all the time, it was really honestly the first place I came and called back home and told my mom this this would be a spot that I can come play football for three or four years. Now I had to been to Florida State already. Yeah, grew up a Florida State fan, been to Florida games, uh been went down to Miami, went out to uh to the real USC out in Southern Cal. So I had to been to some big time programs. Like you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the real USC over there on the other side of the country. Uh but so I had to been to some big time programs, but you know, and people always told me, you know, especially Coach Zhao, uh, is that that you'll know what's the right place for you. Like, you don't really know. And for some reason, I, I knew that this was the right place. And I want to say I came up here, it was it was maybe Labor Day weekend because school was out. So it was nobody at school. But but I knew what type of team they had because you had James Davis and uh, Jacoby Ford stay back. I mean, these guys that could have had opportunity to go home, you know, and spend some time with their family uh, before the season gets started. And they decided to stay back and host me on my uh, trip here. And, you know, we had a great time. And, and what was their message to you as far uh, as in, it, you know, why you had this feeling uh, like this just, would be home? It was just, you know, just, hey, you know, with Jacoby being from Florida, he was like, hey, I understand what you're going through. But, you know, if you come up here, you know, we'll become like brothers and, you know, we'll, we'll look after each other and we'll make you feel at home. And, you know, we had this little house party or whatever. And, Everybody just made me feel like home. They didn't treat me like, a, you know, how these guys get treated. Like, you know, as they coming in as a five star, they getting treated, you know, parading them and doing all this crazy stuff. It was just real, just down to earth. It was like, hey, what you want to do? I was like, you know, me, I'm a country boy. I ain't really, 
you know, I'm, I'm not really an outgoing person. I'm like, hey, man, we can just chill, whatever. They're like, oh, no, nah, man, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just chill at the house. Man. We'll just grab, <laughs> call some people over. We'll just do a little house party or whatever. And, you know, I knew right then that, you know, we started building that brotherhood. And I went back home and, you know, I prayed about the decision. You know, it was a very difficult decision uh, because I had my, one of my good friends, Tim Tebow, that was already at Florida. You know, he hosted me at Florida when I went on my trip over there. So it was, it was tough, you know, telling him no and seeing all the recruits that they had coming in. But um, I always, and, and you know, I always tell people that, you know, when I made that decision, I had to make it. You know, I always got advice, you know, from my coaches and from my mom. And, you know, I, I grew up without my dad. So my grandfather, that kind of took on that, mm-hmm. that father figure role for me. Um, but, you know, I never wanted to look back on my decision and say, you told me to go there. And that's kind of my message always to kids is that it's great to get that advice from people. And, you know, don't get me wrong, but if they making a decision for you, then you're going to be making the wrong decision. Because what if one day you wake up and you like, hey, this ain't working out. Now you're going to put the blame on somebody else. And that's not who I am. That's not what I want, wanted to be about. And, you know, so... I remember Coach came down. He uh, brought uh, Coach uh, Bowden in. I think it was the last time Coach Bowden come down, and he thought I was gonna commit that night. I was like, Nah, nah, Coach, I wanna, um, I wanna <laughs> surprise my mom tomorrow because I hadn't told nobody what nobody, I was gonna do. Nobody, yeah, knew. No, nobody knew what I was doing okay. until I announced it. So I was like, Nah, nah, I wanna surprise my mom. But I told him, I said, Listen, now I'm, I'm coming to Clemson, you know, and uh, you know he'll tell you the story that you know they was going to see another running back. I think Grant. They ended up going to uh, to Alabama. And they're like, are you sure you come to clubs? And like, we getting ready to go on the plane. Like, Coach Bowden getting ready to go see this guy. He, I think he was getting ready to commit to clubs. I was like, Coach, don't get on the plane. I'm coming to clubs. And they're like, okay. So we get there to sign the day, and, you know, I do my whole spill. And, I mean, it was like a – could have heard a pin drop in there. Of course. It was like a little golf I remember clap. seeing the video. Yeah, it was like a little golf clap. <laughs> but I just knew it was the right decision for me. And I knew I was going against the grain, but I knew that I had to pray on my decision. I knew it was uh, where the Lord wanted me to be at. And, you know, once you make that decision, once you make any decision, you can't look back. So once I said I was coming to Clemson, uh, it, it wasn't no looking back at, at, for me. Uh, you know, my mom wasn't happy at first. You know, you know, she, if you go back and look at the video, you can see she was very hesitant to, to even sign the letter of intent. You know, she didn't have a smile on her face, but I understood where she was coming from because, you know, just like any mother or any parent, they'll probably want their kid to stay home, close at home. You know, she had never been up here before. Uh, so, you know, she, she didn't know nothing about Clemson. Uh, so she was yeah, just going on. Yeah, now she had on, to trust yeah, you Yeah, she just had decision. to trust me, and she was just going on word of mouth. And then, I mean, you had Coach Meyer that was, you know, doing his spiel, you know, loving up on the mom and, you know, telling her that, you know, he <laughs> needed to come do this and stuff. So, I mean, it was just all emotions. But, you know, as she came up here and visited and she warmed up, she understood why I made the decision to come up here. So, I mean, it was, it was a great decision for me. I mean, it was... It was struck. Well, I ain't gonna say it was stressful, but it was fun. I mean, I, I enjoyed my recruiting uh, t- uh, time because you know my coach made it very clear. Hey, you don't need to go on all these trips. Just narrow down where you want to go. You know, I call the coaches and we'll set them up. You know, you don't have to go and take all these trips and and do all that stuff because he said that because he seen the picture where we was doing a seven on seven, and uh, the lady that was uh, taking our picture, she kind of seen me. I was just sitting on the hill, just like with my head down. He was like, Hey, man. You, he came to my older son like, hey, man, you just look stressed. And he kind of seen that it was starting to weigh on me a little bit. Of course. Because, you know, going into that senior year, we coming off a disappointing year where we could have won a, a state title and we fell short. And, you know, I had all this pressure trying to deliver a, another title since the 90s. Uh, he was like, hey, just just relax and just go play football. 
you know, you, you're going to be fine. So when, when he gave me that, I was like, all right, let's just go have fun. Is that year. been somewhat of your type of mindset that you've tried to have? Just just go out there and play. Don't overthink things. Yeah, that, that's kind of been my mindset. And, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. Of course. Uh, because when I get on the field, I have, I'm looking at so much and I'm thinking about so much, you know, not necessarily the outside world, but just in particular what's going on during the game. But once you hone in and just do what you're supposed to do and just go out there and just have fun, it becomes a whole lot easier. Uh, but that's just something that I just had to, to learn over the time. And how much of, like, did you work out and train while in high school, middle school, mm-hmm. or was just your athletic ability? Was that just God touched you and you have that? <laughs> uh, well, I think it's a, it's a mixture of both. You know, I had a, a, a uncle that was very athletic that that uh, that got killed. Uh, he was he was probably I mean he was probably a better basketball player than me, and I was probably a better football player than him. But he was very athletic, and my mom told me all the time that. She think that I really just took on what he had destined for life. And, I mean, it took hard work. And, you know, like I said, I go back to I was never one that always went out. Like, I'm not a really outgoing person. You know, the party scene, that just never was it me. So working out was something that, you know, I wanted to do because, you know, I always I wrote down my goals, what I wanted in life. You know, and, you know. And How I was, early was that when you wrote those goals? Uh, I was probably like in eighth grade when I wrote them down, because we had bunk beds, me and my brother. And I used to look at them every night, and at the very bottom, uh, it had NFL. My mom still has that same. She still yeah, I was going to ask up. you, yeah. what were those goals? Yeah, it, it was, you know, it was, I mean, it was probably some selfish goals. Like I, <laughs> like <laughs> I always said, right. yeah, I was like, I, you know, I want to, you know, uh, leave my high school as the, the, the best to ever do it. I want to go to college and be the best to ever do it. Uh, I want to, and then at the bottom was like NFL, and now like I want to buy my mom a, a home, uh, I want to have two or three kids and, you know, have this house and put my dream car down with a Mercedes. Uh, so it was just like little goals that kind of just kept me motivated and kept me pushing to what I wanted to be in life. But it was something that I looked at every night and every morning before I, before I went to school and before I went to bed. Well, it helped set the target, right? Yeah, it definitely helped set the target. And I mean, it was and then, you know, it was times I would go to my high school and it would just be me. out there. I'd be running stadiums, I'd be running wind sprints. Uh, but it was something that I had to do, you know, when, you know, I try to get a buddy to come with me, they ain't want to do it. I'm like, oh, well, he ain't got the same goals that I have. Um, and he don't have the same drive that I have. So I just go do it myself. And then, uh, I had a, a great track coach that actually went off to college and, you know, he, he experienced the college level. So I knew he, he knew about track. And so he taught me, you know, what it takes to be a hard worker, uh, and what it takes to make sacrifices if you want to achieve, uh, goals, Coach Cohen. So, you know, once I linked up with him, I mean, it was it was really set in stone that hey, it was. Yeah. Hey, if it was it, easy, everybody'd be doing yeah, it. it, it right? Exactly, it, 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 everybody actually be doing it. But yeah. I mean, I remember it was times where I would actually leave the the track probably like at six o'clock from a track workout, just from doing a six hundred breakdown. I'm like, my legs are dead, and I probably only <laughs> stayed probably half a mile away. I'm like, man, I can't even walk. But I knew it was just the sacrifices that I had to make and. You know, and that's why I was able to become, you know, a state champion my senior year in track because of that work. And has football been the passion, though, your yeah. love as far as the sports? I mean, I know you obviously yeah. you're very good in track, but is it football early on that was your passion? Well, actually, baseball was, to be honest. 
Yeah, my birthday uh, felt late, so I had to be a water boy. That's why I respect water boys. <laughs> yeah, I had. Uh, well, I'm a student water boy. I was yeah, a, I was, a yeah, student manager yeah, here. Yeah, so I was. Uh, <laughs> let me see. I was five. I tried to play football when I was five years old. And you can uh, you can only play when you're six. My birthday is in August, so by the time the season started, for them to do whatever they was doing, you know, it came late. So I went home and I cried, and you know, my mom went to the coach. She was like, "Hey, just let him be the water boy or something. You know, just." You know, because I just love it, but, you know, so, you know, football went through, so then I just jumped onto baseball, mm-hmm. and I just fell in love with it, and then that next year when football, I was able to play, I'm like, hey, I, I like this thing, man. It, I was always fast. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, I was always fast, so it was, it became just a, a natural thing for me to play. I was, you know, actually before War Dome, my guy was Emmett Smith because I wore 22. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, it was very fun, but, you know, baseball was always probably my first love and then football kind of took over after that and when you mention numbers yeah so you're selecting numbers just based on your idols is yeah. that right yeah yeah okay. just based on, on on my idols people that I just watched enjoy watching play the game like I say Emmett Smith because my grandmother was a huge uh Florida, Florida fan. fan he went to Florida and then obviously went to, to Dallas and you know did his thing there and you know and then you know as I got older uh kind of fell in love with with Florida State and Seen this guy wore it done with number 28 on, and uh, I was like, wow, I, 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 I like this guy. But I, I liked the, what he was doing off the field, and then I had a chance to meet him. I was like, you know what? 28 is going to be my number. Okay. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, couldn't, I wasn't able to get it to after my freshman year because it was taken from an older, a older uh, player. But he ended up getting in like a, a wreck and didn't play the rest of the year and the rest of his uh, high school career. So I was like, you know what, this time for me to change over. Because I was actually number tw- I was number 20. Number 20. Now, why did you choose 20 then? Uh, I don't know. I mean, watching Barry Sanders, you know, he got 20 and 21. That's another right. good guy yeah, to look up and, to. And, yeah, and then plus, <laughs> as my freshman year, I started off at cornerback. You know, I didn't even play offense. I played DB. I played corner. And, you know, I played one game of JV. And then, you know, my high school coach, Andrews, I went to the head coach, Coach Nobles. It was like, hey, uh, we need to bring uh, three guys up. It was me. Uh, my teammate Kevin Alexander and uh, Casey Nobles, which both uh, ended up coming here and playing with me, was like, "Hey, we need these guys." Cause we weren't very good. We was two and eight my freshman year, <laughs> so we weren't good at all. We're like, "Hey, we ain't got nothing to lose. We yeah. might just hey, go ahead and get these you guys." You were good ready. because you weren't on offense, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I actually played defense my whole freshman year and played a little sprinkle here and there, running back, but not much. It was mainly we need you to be a DB to go go against the best. And as a young guy, I'm like, "What you mean go against the best?" It's like you're going to be guarding the other team's best person. And I was like, all right. So did you like that challenge? I did like the challenge. I did like the challenge because it was a great transition because I was coming from middle school where I was the quarterback. You know, we ran uh, uh, a wing tee. So I understood how the offense operate. And then now I'm like, hey, man, oh, man, play at varsity, going against the the best player on the other team. Uh, you on the island because, like I said, everybody knew I was fast, so I was never really, you know, people say Eric. I guess that's probably as a DB being Eric. I never really worried about nobody running past me. Um, but you know, my mom was terrified. She she was like, no, she was like, you gonna transfer? I'm like, nah, I ain't trans. She wanted me to transfer to my rival high school. I'm like, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't go over there. <laughs> uh, but it, it was cool though, man. Going out there on Friday nights and playing and saying like, hey, this this what everybody because everybody want to play. I mean, people go to JV games, but everybody want to play up under the Friday night lights. Of course, so it, was, it was a great challenge, but I, I embraced it. 
Now, speaking of Friday Night Lights, how was it, though, when you make the transition to college football and now it's Saturdays <laughs> and there's 80,000 fans, yeah. you know, cheering? What was that experience like, The your first game? It was very unique. I think we played, um, I want to say maybe Florida Atlantic my freshman year. And Coach Bauer thing was like, he was always promised guys the first carry. Like he did it with James and then he did it with me. So I knew I was getting the ball the first play and just and uh, come because I've never been to a Clemson game, never. So my first game was actually my first time ever in the stadium. So I Well, that like, is a unique yeah, experience then. It was. I was like, whoa, man, this, riding a bus and you running down the hill. <laughs> and then you got in the mindset, hey, I'm getting the ball the first play. So there was a lot of emotions <laughs> going on. But it was very fun, though. I mean, you see all the, the orange out there in the crowd. You know, once you get that first lick, it's like, okay, it's just football. You really... I mean, it's just more people, but you really try to block that out as much as possible, and then you just go and play. Yeah. And Do you eventually just tune it out? Yeah, I, I really just tune it out. I kind of, you know, I seen where the family section was, so I always, you know, gave, gave an eye to my family, let them know, hey, I'm, I'm good, I'm ready to play. But other than that, I kind of just tune everything outside and then just, just go and play. Now, were you nervous at all? I was definitely nervous going to that game because I knew I was getting the ball first. Yeah. So I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know, how, I didn't know how I was going to react, and then, you know, um, Coach Bowden had never started two freshmen as return guys. So me and Jacoby, you know, he was actually, you know, early enrollee before I got here. But, you know, two guys that, you know, freshmen starting on both kick return and punt return. You know, so he nervous. He making us nervous. He's like, hey, <laughs> do not fumble the ball. So I'm like, oh, Coach, that's the last thing I want to hear before I go try to Yeah, I don't need any thoughts in my head, right? Yeah, I'm like, Coach, I, I'd have done this. I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. But, you know, I was nervous. But like I said, after that first hit, I was like, okay, this college football. But, I mean, it was – now, were you more nervous about having the first carry or running down the hill and not falling? Oh, running down the hill and not falling. But I've always been a guy, even in high school, that I always was in the back. I've always never been, like, the guy that's in the front, you know, jumping around, doing that crazy stuff. So I wasn't never So you avoided the crowd. Yeah, I avoided the crowd. Like, I always was probably the last one running out after, you know, teams are done, whatever they're going to do. Because I always just was just trying to get my mind ready to go play a game. And I was... And, you know, and I think they had to told me that a guy had to fail before. So I'm like, nah, I ain't yeah. trying to be that guy. <laughs> so I just, I was always, I mean, if you go back and look at any film, I'm always usually the last one down the hill. Well, you weren't the last one out on the field itself. You A lot of times you were the first one, especially kickoff returns yep. and you know, scoring touchdowns. And there's a lot of moments that are magical, you know, that you provided for Clemson fans in terms of excitement. Yeah. What about you? When you look back <laughs> at your four years and the games you played, what's some of the most special moments you had? Oh, man, it's a tough question. Uh, we had some great moments while I was here, uh, both me and James. Um, I probably have to just say my first touchdown up in Boston College, that swing pass. I, I probably said that was probably the, the Everybody tried to say the Georgia Tech, which was very special because it was college yes, game. They first time ever been here, but I'll probably say Boston College game just because it was my first uh, touchdown as a college player. Was there a little bit of relief also that I did? Okay, it, yeah, I scored it, a yeah, it was touchdown a, uh, yeah, in college. It was a big relief because of how I scored, you know, making guys miss. Because you, you never know. I mean, they tell you that the game, the speed is different, and obviously it is different from high school to college. So you always wonder, hey, can I? Can I do what I did in high school on this level? So after, you know, we uh, after we made that play, and you know, uh, I'm like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. I'm I'm, I'm meant to play on this level because you just never know. Uh, because you, you know, you have you know guys that you know dominate they they high school and 
you get to college and they don't dominate because it's so much faster and they don't know how to yeah. adjust. But it's a different I, level. It's a different level. And so I was able to to make the adjustments and able to make guys miss. And I'm like, okay, it's just yeah. just a couple guys just look bigger, <laughs> a little bigger. But you know, hey, they got speed, so if they can't if they can't catch me, then they can't hit me. Um, but I would say the Boston College was probably the the. the and what's going through your mind, though, in some of those kick returns? I mean, are you, the ball's in the air. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you hearing the crowd? Or are you just focused on, I just need to make sure I catch the ball? Yeah, what's, what, what are you thinking about? Well, I mean, you're hearing the crowd when you first get out there. Uh, but when you're running, you, you barely hear the crowd. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, we always broke it down, take it to the house. And, you know, freshman year, you know, they kind of knew about us. And then, as you know, as it got older, you know, into the program, you know, kick return became like the play for our team. Like, hey, we got two guys back there that has a chance that can actually take it to the house if they give us opportunity. So if the other 10 guys do their job, it's a possibility that this can this can be a big play for us. So we took great pride into kickoff return. I mean, you had guys fighting to try to get on there. I mean, you – you know, as I got older, I was I was firing guys like, hey, if you don't want, if you're not passionate about kickoff return, then hey, get, off. get them off. Yeah. Because we just knew that it was just a big spark, and then we just knew that the opportunity, especially my my last year, wasn't going to be many teams were going to try to pooch it or try to kick it out of bounds because they didn't want to, you know, have a possibility of me of me or Jacoby taking it uh, back. So we knew that if we got opportunity, we had to take advantage, but. You know, I always just, you know, just read my keys, read my blocks, and then just just ran through smoke, as they say on kickoff return. Now, were there times when you and Jacoby are almost fighting for, hey, this is mine, this this time, let me get this one? No, we kind of had a, a a deal package that people <laughs> didn't know about. Like, you know, he knew kickoff return was kind of like my niche, and then, you know, punt return was kind of like his thing. We, You know, I kind of kind of let him do his thing. I always... You know, make sure I looked after him, you know, on that. You know, obviously, unless they just kicked it to my side. But kick return was like, I just, it was just something that I just had a great a, a great knack for. And so he was like, I understand. But, I mean, obviously, if they just kicked it to him, yes. then, you know, he, he returned it. But we Did you guys it. compete a lot against each other? Yeah. Uh, in mean, terms of, I mean, I know he ran track as well. Yeah, I could Missouri. never beat him. Okay. <laughs> could never beat him at all. Could never beat him. He made me so mad at track. I never beat Jacoby uh-huh. at all. But I mean, it made, it made me better though because you know I knew going and practicing against a, a guy that pretty much had an Olympic speed, you know, and then going up against other competition, you knew that hey, there's nobody else out there running fast as your own teammate. So if you just take what you've done in practice over to track meets, you'll be fine. Yeah. And you know, he was always great. He was always giving me pointers, you know, because I never came out the blocks fast. He was always quick out the blocks, so he always gave me pointers of what I can do, and you know, that'll help me better as a runner. So I was very appreciative of that. And then, you know, like I said, on the football field, you know, we just both just had each other back. You know, we 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 knew we was the fastest ones on the field, but we just had to go out there and showcase it. And uh, we didn't let anybody uh, take any cheap shots on each other. And, you know, we always made sure we was good. If, if he seen something was struggling, if he seen I wasn't playing at the at a certain level, you know, he'll come say something. It was vice versa. And, but that's. That's the kind of bond that we kind of built over yeah. time. Holding each other accountable yeah, holding each as other well. Accountable. So it wasn't always, you know, lovey-dovey. You know, it was a couple, a couple of tough talks. But, you know, that's, that's what you do as teammates. That's what you do as brothers. And you know, that's why we still have a great friendship. What about that transition now to the NFL? And we yeah. talked about different <laughs> levels. When was the moment that 
you realize, all right, this is the NFL. Yeah. It's different. Uh, people ask me all the time. Uh, the speed, probably uh, it was probably preseason game when both running backs went down, Fred Jackson and Marshawn Lynch. Both went down against Washington. And I don't even think I was going to even play that game at all. And they both go down with ankle injuries, and they're like, all right, you up. I was like, for real? They're like, yes, let's roll. I'm like, all right. So uh, we, we ran a now, Did you feel that you were prepared and ready to get yeah, out I was, there? I was prepared, but I was nervous, even yeah. though it was pre I'm like, man, this, this is different. This is way different than college football. <laughs> I mean, they moving a whole lot faster. Um, but, you know, I was very – I always went to the game prepared, but you always go into them nervous, too. And that's a good thing to have. I mean, if you go into a game not nervous, then – I don't know what type of player you are. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing to be yeah. confident, yeah. but there's always but, going to be that nervousness. Yeah, there's always going to be that nervousness going into any game. Uh, but, you know, once I got out there and, you know, I got hit a couple of times, got my ankle, I like, oh, <laughs> screaming a little bit. Like, yeah, okay, all right, this NFL, you can't scream out here. It's a big boy league. Um, but, yeah, and how much trash talking is going on out there? Well, I'm a big trash talker. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably the biggest one on the team. Why, has why, that been early on? Yeah, it was early Your whole on. life? Yeah, early on. High school. Probably just started just talking trash and, you know, because everybody wanted to take a shot at me and then everybody always saying stuff like, you know, we thought you was, you know, fast. We thought you was this and that. I'm like, all right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And then it got to college and it just got worse. Uh, it just got worse. I mean, I'm. Do you remember a specific moment well, I mean, it's of always, going back and well, forth yeah, with the well, opponents? Yeah, it's always going against like Florida State and Miami because they think they fast. And, you know, I'm being from Florida and Miami, you know, them guys, they down south, they think they got the, the top speed. So it was always them two teams that we probably, we only played Miami once, but it was always Florida State that we probably did the most trash talking about. So but it was fun. It was good. Competitive it's part of the game, yeah, right? Yeah, it was part of the game. And then in NFL, then who was another trash talker? That Another trash talker on your, uh, any of the teams that you've been on. Who who would be more of a trash talker than you? Oh man, um, probably going up against the Jets. They D line. The D line probably do the most trash talking than anybody else. Like DBs will say a little bit, but it's mainly the big guys up front that's going to do a lot of trash talking. And so are they yelling at you? Yeah, they yelling at you. Yeah, to... they yell at you like we're going we finna slam slam you on your head. We finna, <laughs> you ain't finna do what you did today. What you did against somebody else? So I'm like, all right, we'll see. And then you know, um, and then I had my running back coach Tyrone Wheatley like, you know, you always talking, you always go after the biggest guy. I'm like, you have to go after the biggest one. <laughs> that's sending a message to the rest of the people. That's right. I'm going after the big one. Um, yeah. But you know, it was, you know. Um, Brady, uh, Brady did a little trash talking. He did, yeah. Okay. Brady did a little trash talking, but I, I like him. I like, I like, cause he, he liked to compete, and that's that's kind of what I love uh, about about quarterbacks. I love the ones that like to get down and dirty. And um, my my quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, even though you know he don't get a lot of love, but I go to battle for that guy any day. He'll, he'll and why his, is that? Cause he'll stick his nose in there. He'll he'll come back and he'll get a block for you. You know, we'll have a a zone read to the right and, you know, I cut it back to the left. He'll be out in front trying to cut cut the uh, DB. And you don't see a lot of quarterbacks doing that. So I'm like, okay, I can play with this guy. He don't care about nothing. He, <laughs> he reckless out here like me. So it was, it was fun. But And what it, was it like as a Florida guy, though, playing in Buffalo? Cold. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cold. It was very cold. Um, but I tell Was people, that something you ever got adjusted to? No, you never do. You yeah. never do. Um, but to be honest, Buffalo is probably the, the one of my favorite places to play. 
just the, the fans are so passionate. The people's blue collar. And it's so similar to both my hometown in Lake Butler and Clemson. It just has a professional team and it's a lot colder. I tell people all the time, that's just what Buffalo is. It's, it's a, Does it feel like family? Yeah, it like feels like family, yeah. I mean, the, the fans, they're going to be on you now. Like, you got to have some thick skin, but they're not going to let the opposing team talk about you. Okay. Yeah, they're not going to do that. They, yeah, like, so, like, they'll, they'll be like, hey, we can talk about our own, but you can't talk about yeah. it. But I, and I love them. They showed up both home and away game. Like, it was, we'll have a great crowd on the road game. I'm like, wow, and you really don't see that. So that's why it reminded me so much of both my hometown and Clemson because you see the fan base travel. And, you know, it's a, it's a couple franchises in the league that, that has great fan bases, but Buffalo, Bills Mafia, they be in full effect. I, I love Oh, you it. hear stories about yeah. them. Yeah, they have uh, something called like the Bills Backers where they have like these little uh, bars, sports bars or whatever where a number of Bills fans get together. I think they have one in Greenville. They have one in Atlanta. I mean, they pretty much in every city that a team has a, a franchise in and Bills fans just get together and, and just watch the game. So I was like, okay, I, I like it. So I, I enjoy, I really enjoyed my time up there. It was, it was really nice outside the, the cold weather. Yeah. Now, what was your training? What did that look like in, in terms of during the season, off season? I mean, like, how are you trying to stay at tip top shape and like, how many calories are you eating? Yeah, you know? I mean, well, I mean, it's totally different in college because, you know, where you have coaches stressing, you know, conditioning, where you get to the NFL, it's all pretty much, it's on you. You know, they're paying you this type of money. They're not going to keep baby feeding you. You know, they, they pretty much, you know, you have to grow up quickly. So a lot of stuff is, it comes on to, to you as a person. So if you didn't have that, foundation or that DNA in you to work out, to, to be on top of your game, then it's really going to be hard to adjust to the NFL because they're not on top of you like that. And did you see yeah. that in some of your teammates? Yeah, that I mean, didn't it, have I mean that? yeah, it was some guys that was, that was lazy. I mean, but then it was, you know, other guys that, you know, did what they, that was a true professional, what it means to be a true professional. And cause it's a long season. So you have to know how to work out, you know, you don't want to overdo your body so you don't burn out at the end, but you want to make sure that you're staying fresh uh, so we had a great, a great uh, training staff up there uh, uh, with uh, Coach uh, Eric Ciano, that's still actually the, the strength coach there now. And so it was similar to Coach B. So he already knew my foundation coming to Buffalo. He knew what I had to, what I'd be doing here at Clemson. So he kind of just, just kept going with that. And and that was that was very helpful because he knew my background uh, with the uh, relationship that he had with Coach Batson. So. But, you know, and I've always been the type of guy to always watch what I eat. You know, I don't, you know, in the off season, you know, early on, I'm probably eat some, you know, barbecue, some junk food here and there. But once the season start, I kind of limit the, the fried food and stuff like that and, you know, the snacks. Yeah. Um, and, and then just, just really just watch what Do I eat. Do you have something like. that's a weakness in terms yeah, of food? Yeah. What, what is your? Yeah, sweets. Sweets. Yeah, sweets. I've got a sweet tooth as yeah, well. Sweets. And, you know, the thing that I started doing probably after my, uh, second year in the league, I always gave up one thing for the whole season. I always gave up one thing for the All whole right, season. All right, so what were some of those things you gave uh, up? So I gave up, you know, one year I gave up hamburgers. I didn't eat hamburgers at all for a full season. Uh, another one was, uh, I'm a big honey bun. I love honey buns. I, I mean, that was my, that was really my, in high school, that was my. That was your go-to. That was my go-to. A hamburger <laughs> and a honey bun was to get me through practice. That'll get me through the day. 
And you gave um, both of those up. And I, yeah. gave, and I gave them up. I gave up both of them for, for oh, a that's season. That's discipline. So, yeah, it was. And, it, and that, that's really why I tried to do it, to see how disciplined I can be with myself. Uh, one year I gave up, uh, I like the Oreo, the golden Oreos. And I gave that up for a year. And, you know, and then being in Buffalo, there's no Chick-fil-A. So, I mean, nearest one like an hour away. So I gave up Chick-fil-A for a year. <laughs> and that was probably the toughest. The Chick-fil-A? Yeah, Chick-fil-A was probably the toughest. Yeah, the Chick-fil-A's yeah. are good. Yeah, the Chick-fil-A was the toughest. Um, and then yeah. this upcoming season, I'm giving up sweets. All sweets. That's going to be very difficult. Yeah, it is. That's, what That's I'm a challenge. To, it is a challenge. But you're challenging yourself. But I'm challenging right? myself. And, you know, even if, you know, no matter how long it takes me to get on the team, I'm, I'm still, I'm just, that's going to be my thing. Once I'm through this season and once I'm done, I'm always going to a season where I'm going to give up something. And so when you look at back and, you know, through your career and yep. you're doing these challenges, these disciplines, how has sports helped impact that or how has sports impacted your life? Yeah, I mean, sports is, I mean, it had a huge impact on my life, uh, you know, because, you know, I grew up in a small town. That's all we had. You know, we didn't have anything else. You know, I didn't, you know, the big job occupation there is working at the prison. So it's either, you know, find what you love doing in sports or as you graduate high school, go work at the prison. You know, there wasn't no, you only had two ways. It was one or the other. And, you know, once I fell in love with it, I knew what I wanted to do in life. And then obviously, you know, uh, you know, coming to college and, you know, having my daughter when I came to college, that put a whole different perspective on my life. You know, so I knew that I was doing that football wasn't just for me now. You know, this is to try to set up my daughter. Was so that a tough balance? Be, trying to be a, you know, uh, the first a year, probably, yeah, the first, a yeah, the first year I was here, student. it was very, it was, that was probably a struggle for me because she wasn't up here. So that was a, a struggle. And, you know, she was a newborn, so... You know, she was born March of uh, March 31st of 06. And, you know, I left in, uh, what, June to come up here. So it was, that first year, was, it was very tough being up here away, you know, because I didn't grow up with my father. And I always said I didn't want, my want any of my kids, especially with my daughter that I have, I never wanted her to experience that. So I was able to make that adjustment for them to come up here. Uh, um, but, you know, uh, like I say, it was, it, and, and sports teach you a lot. It teach you about life, you know, discipline, teamwork, work ethic, uh, character. Uh, you find out, you know, who you are as a person, you know, when things don't go good, when your back's against the wall, uh, what, what you're made of. So that's that's the one good thing about sports. And you, I mean, you hear coaches say it all the time, especially in football. One thing football do is expose you. It expose you for who you really are if you don't take it serious. And, and that's the thing that I love about it. You, you can't shy away from football. I mean, oh, the truth is the yeah, truth, right? Yeah, it's either you have it or you don't. Uh, if you go out there and try to fake it, it'll definitely show. That's why it's been great. It's been great for me. And I mean, it does. I mean, that little round football that took me places that I never thought I'd go in life, uh, that I only dreamed about, uh, that let me build relationships that I only dream about. Um, so, you know, I. I owe a lot to this game, and it definitely been great to, to be a part of it. And I always ask everybody, mm -hmm. what words of wisdom that you would like to share? And it could be a phrase, motto, or a quote, yeah. or just even life advice that has meant a lot to you. Uh, well, the biggest thing that you know, you get a lot of you know wisdom, you know, from a lot of great people. Um, biggest thing I tell people is just be who you are. Don't try to be nothing that you are that you're not. Um, even when you go off and be successful. And then just always give back. You know, uh, I think I just learned that from, from my grandma, just seeing how, 
you know, everybody called her Mama Net. You know, that was her thing. She was the she was the mama of everybody. She was a custodian uh, at the high school, so she was kind of like she was every, the glue. Yeah, she was the glue. I mean, you talking six hundred students and everybody knew her as, <laughs> as Mama Net. Um, and I just seen the way that people just cling to her, and I just seen the way that she just gave back, uh, not not wanting nothing in return. Yeah. And I mean, that takes a very special individual to do that because you know most people are gonna want something in return, but she always just did it out of the goodness of her heart. And you know, and, and some people try to take advantage of that, and you have to you know be weary of those people. Uh, but you know, as long as you know that you're doing the right thing, uh, you'll be fine. But um, that, that'll probably be my biggest advice is just, you know, just be who you are and then just give back. Um, I think that's, that, that speaks volume of your character because, you know, we, if you're just holding everything in for yourself and not self, and being selfish and not sharing your knowledge with other people that may be going through something or that, that can be very, be very helpful to somebody else, I think you're doing a disservice to yourself. Well said. Now, do some of the current players now, do they still try to test you? With like, what? It just... Hey, I can run faster than you. Or come uh, on, CJ, let's see. Well, I mean, they, they call me the old man. Yeah, they <laughs> the call me the old man. Uh, but, you know, they might not get it twisted now. <laughs> you know, I still got some juice. <laughs> but, now nah, these guys are great. You know, not, you know this, during, during that, this whole time, you know, I had a chance to be around the football team throughout fall camp and uh, just being in there on the segment meetings and seeing how those guys operate, how they do business, and just sharing my experience and my knowledge of, you know, if they have a question about anything, you know, um, you know, I give it to them. If I don't, then I just tell them, hey, I wasn't good in this certain area, but if you go watch this on this person in the film, on film, you'll see that they was very good at it. You can, you can learn from it. Or I can tell them what I done learned or what I was told over the years, you know, so. And you got a I lot of do. wisdom yourself and experience, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got a lot. You know, yeah. I had some have great Have you ever coaches. thought about coaching? Yeah, coaching is kind of. It's kind of right there. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it. I, I think that's another challenge for me. You know, obviously one day I want to be a want to be a head coach one day because uh, I just want to see what that like. It's, it's another challenge. I just want to see if I'm be able to do it. Yeah, building I, the team. Yeah, building the team. And you know, um, I had great mentors. You know, you know nobody you know greater than uh, than Coach Sweeney. Uh, seeing how he how he run his organization, uh, but I just think it'll be a great challenge for me. And, you know, I'm always looking for that next challenge to for in life, and you know, and I think that's going to be my next one. But you know, it's, it takes steps to get to to that to that uh, arena, and and that's kind of what I'm doing now, just building that foundation, hanging around uh, great coaches, getting advice in, you know, what they look for in players, and you know how they operate meetings and doing different stuff like that. I think it's fantastic, and I think it's a situation of you giving back to me by being on the podcast. So I can't thank you enough for being a guest. Thank you, CJ. Uh, thank you. It's been, a, it's been an honor. It's been <laughs> really good. And uh, thank you for having me on the show. Decisions in life come with many unknowns because life isn't lived with a crystal ball. And many times we have to take that leap. But being true to yourself and not trying to be someone that you're not allows you to have that accountability regardless of the outcome. And it's evident that CJ not only has that faith to be true to himself, but also isn't afraid to hold himself accountable. Now that finishes episode 79. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. 
Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Takes Sports. Thanks for listening. 